Destination for Greatness, Episode 1. I remember I sold so many of them because what I did was I always connected my purpose to why they needed to buy. This is the final call for all entrepreneurs heading towards Destination for Greatness who are craving for a boost in self-confidence and self-belief. And entrepreneurs who aspire every day to live a life full of fun and freedom and who wish to impact the world while they soar with greatness. Is it possible to put the final pieces of your puzzle together? Find out for yourself. Now, let's buckle up because here's your host of greatness, Sohan Gokern. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Hey, Greatness Tribe, thank you so much for hanging out today. This is the very first episode of the Destination for Greatness podcast show. I got to congratulate all of you for listening to this first episode. Listen, we're going to keep it raw. We're going to keep it exciting. Um, I'm going to try and make sure that I deliver the best that I possibly can in this interview by making sure that my special guest today, Robert Brown, is going to give you exactly what you want to hear. And we're going to keep it raw. And when I say raw, I mean raw as it comes. Uh, Reason I say that is this interview and this show is all about understanding how you can tap into your greatness, a greatness tribe. And you being a part of of a greatness tribe like this gives you access to look for that piece, that missing piece of the puzzle. So... Without, without taking more time, I'm going to dive right into it. My name is Sohan Gokun, your host of greatness. In some of my shows, you'll hear me saying host for greatness, but it's, it means the same. Either way, it depends on my mood. If I feel like feeling like I'm a host for greatness, that's what I am of service to you. But if not, I'm your host of greatness. Um, Destination for Greatness was designed because there are people like Robert Brown who have a strong story, a strong message. This guy is a mentor, a consultant. He's a mentor to me. He's a coach to me, and he coaches me on my online business and also in my life. So I'm gaining a lot out of it. I'm blessed, and I'm privileged to bring him and help him serve you because he inspires, and he really knows how to empower other people. He's empowered me, and he's going to do the same thing to you today because that's what he does on a daily, regular basis. Robert Brown's background is very diverse, Greatness Tribe. Uh, he has achieved success in seven different industries over the last 20 years. I mean, he's been in sales, you know, residential mortgages. He's in a network marketing. He's also been into commercial mortgages. He's been in debt collections. That's an interesting area to work in. He's also been a teacher. He's been a coach in sports. Uh, he's been into camps. He's, a, he's been a camp director. In fact, he's also been a tutor in education. And along with that, he's also a strong online marketer as an affiliate. And he's also running his coaching and consulting business very successfully. His areas of expertise and topics that he shares or he advises on is pretty much everything about life. I mean, he'll talk to you about manifestation. You'll talk about holistic living. Uh, Robert Brown is also great about literally getting you to dial into your purpose. Man, if I start telling you stuff that I got out of this guy, you'll be crazy. But I'll tell you what. Go and check it out on YouTube and you'll fall in love with what Robert Brown does just through the testimonials. I've got a few testimonials about Robert Brown because I can't stop raving about him. That's why he's on my (laughs) opening show, right, Rob? This guy knows how to overcome fear and he'll teach you how to overcome fear and learn how to recognize what that fear really is. Because a lot of times it's easy for people to say that, but 
He teaches you how to recognize what that fear is and then you chase it and you hunt it down and get rid of it. So, Robert, I'm really blessed, I'm really privileged, and I'm extremely grateful for you to taking the time to hang out with us today on this episode. And, and I'm really hoping that we can give Destination Tribe and Greatness Tribe the best ever in terms of entrepreneurship, uh, business, and personal development just through your story and you know telling more. But take the baton, go ahead and share, fill in all the gaps that I've just created, and tell us all about you and your personal life. Wow, that's awesome, man. Thank you for that introduction, Sohan. Um, it's definitely my pleasure to be here with you guys on the Destination to Greatness podcast. Um, I'm really honored to not only just be invited to this podcast, but also to be your first show. Um, you know, uh, I have a lot of love for you, Sohan. I mean, you are an incredible guy, incredible entrepreneur, incredible businessman, leader, and uh, inspirer. Uh, of people, and I'm, I'm just very honored and humbled to, to be here today. Um, so thank you, first of all. Thank you. Pleasure's all mine, Rob. Absolutely. So, um, she, wow. Where do I begin um, <laughs> to try to fill in these gaps? Um, as you just said, uh, my, my career has been very diverse over the past 20 years. Um, I remember... Um, Early on in the in the '90s, I was a '90s kid going to high school and college into the '90s, and uh, I remember uh, one of my mentors speaking on stage in the late '90s, and he said, "You know, it's crazy that um, now we see that uh, careers going forward into uh, the the next millennium, the 2000s, are going to." Uh, Apologize for that. I know you're gonna have to cut that. My phone is ringing. <laughs> All good, man. Sorry about that. I came through. All right. Yes, my mentor. Um, he actually was on stage, and you know, he actually said to me, "I must have been like 19, 20 years old at that time. I was still in college." And he said to me in this audience of over 2,000 people at that time that we were going to that things had changed, and uh, going into the next millennium the average person, the average college graduate was going to be looking at, instead of having one job for, you know, 20 or 40 years and being able to retire, that we were going to end up having not six different jobs, but a minimum of six different careers. And I remember hearing that like, wow, that is crazy. You know, um, I, I can't even imagine that. And now 20 years later, I look at, you know, my career in business and that career in business has been, for the most part, entrepreneurial for the last 20 years. Um, but it was six different, seven, eight different industries, you know. And being, on, you know, I'm, I'm honored and I'm blessed that, you know, God was able to bless me to, in each one of those industries, have, you know, incredible success at, you know, at least five-figure months in each one of those industries. And um, I guess we'll take it back to... Uh, you know, coming up, I'm sure many of you who are listening to this podcast may have done door-to-door uh, -to -door sales. You can't, it's not really safe to do that now, but I remember when I was a kid, you know, I would be in elementary school and I was actually the only third grader with the phone. And I got this phone because I went door-to-door -door, uh, selling uh, something out of a catalog that was for my elementary school. 
I just remember when the guy came to the elementary school, he pitched it and he was like, you know, if you sell these things out of this catalog, you're not going to get money, but you're going to get enough points where you could get these things that were in the back of the catalog. And of course, to a kid, you know, all these things look good, you know, from cars to, to phones to robots, all these things. But I had my eyes set on that phone for some reason. It was this cool phone. <laughs> and uh, I actually won that phone from door-to-door sales at like, what, what, how are you in third grade? Eight years old, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that was, I think that was really my first venture into sales where I said, wow, I really love the feeling of knocking on someone's door and they would open the door and I say, you know, I, I don't even remember what my spiel was, but I just remember I would talk my way into their living room. I would go into their living room. Of course, it's not safe to do now, but you know, this is back in the 80s and 90s. Talk my way into the living room, sit down with them as an eight-year-old kid and 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 share with them how they needed what was ever in this catalog and how I wasn't leaving until they were going to get something out of this catalog. I'm telling you, this and- is exciting because <laughs> as an eight-year-old, man, I didn't know that. This is this is good stuff. Uh, Greatness Tribe, you know, I know Rob for about a good three years now personally, and this is a story that's new to me too. So I'm really excited to hear more <laughs> about the eight-year-old story because so in, in, the, in the show, in the episode, we're going to talk a, a lot more about um, how you brought in that first sale and how you actually made it happen. So I would, I would love for you to go into detail. But before you do and launch into that, Rob, tell us, um, give us an intro about your personal life, you know, your dad, and tell us a little bit about your personal life. And also, once you do that, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you and request you to tell us, describe how you or what you do in 15 seconds or less if you had to meet someone for the first time, whether it was at a formal event or at a social barbecue, whatever it was. Because people, people struggle a lot to try and encapsulate. When I say people, I'm referring to entrepreneurs. They, they they struggle to encapsulate uh, what they do in a in a brief moment when they're at a social event or at a formal event. So it's like what they call as a an elevator pitch, right? So you know, I want I want a greatness oh, try to get oh, that from you. But before you do that, tell us a little tell us a little bit about your personal life. Oh my goodness. Okay. So don't do that yet. Come back. Okay. All right. No problem. Um. And thank you for you know helping to guide me because. I could go on forever, literally talking about all the stories from my life. So definitely, <laughs> I, want, I want to give you know the juice and uh, and what it is that your uh, listeners will want to hear. It's all so, good, man. <laughs> so I mean, I I guess um from from a personal standpoint, uh, can you clarify a little bit more what you what you would like to hear in that regard? Yeah, tell de- tell the greatness the, tribe and on? destination tribe in terms of you know who, you know who you are as a person. Like uh, you know, you marry, you got kids, you know, how many oh, yeah, kids you got. Absolutely. What's your personal life Absolutely. look like? Absolutely. Yeah, I'm. I, I was. I was fortunate to, um, you know, out of out of college. Um, uh, you know, I graduated from college from prestigious Morehouse College, which is an all male institution in Atlanta, Georgia. Um, you know, graduated from there in 2000, and shortly after coming out, um, you know, uh, was engaged to be married and ended up having my first child. And since then, I've built a family of, you know, five children. I have a beautiful wife, and uh, we are just like a, like a, a team, you know, team uh, Robert Morgan Brown. <laughs> and we, we do everything together. Everywhere we go, um, it's a party. It, a lot of people invite us to parties, and, you know, it doesn't matter if only a few people show up. When we get there, it's, it's a party. 
So, yeah, so I have, I have a ton of fun with my family. They are the first and foremost behind God. Uh, he's first in my life, and, and then my family is second. My business is third. Um, uh, I just, uh, my, my children are, I have a teenage uh, children, 13, 14, 15. And then I have uh, two young ones who are uh, three and six. So man, you got a team, all right? <laughs> yeah. So it's and and it's and it's interesting that you asked me about that because this is something that I do want to share. I mean, you know, it's it's not it's not easy being an entrepreneur with um, a, a big family, you know, um, or it, 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 it's not easy when you're starting all out. I should say um, it has it has its unique challenges. And for any of you who are li- you know listening who may have, you know, two or more children and a spouse where you're single and, you know, you've been using that as a crutch or an excuse. Don't use that as a crutch or an excuse anymore. I was told, um, you know, very young that you don't want to, you know, make your reasons for being successful in life become your excuses for not being successful, right? So, um just because you're single and you have, you know, a child, two children, three children, or you're married and you have five or six children, don't allow that to be your excuse because that's the reason why you're out here hustling to make it as an entrepreneur is for your family. So don't ever let them be the excuse for you not doing what you need to do to, to make it. And uh, over this period of time, and, you know, that I've been an uh, entrepreneur in my adult life, you know, it's it's been unique challenges, man, uh, with having a big family. I mean, you know, like now with having three teen- teenagers, you know, I'm taxing in everywhere. My time is at a premium. I really feel like I could not give my family what they need as a husband and a father if I wasn't an entrepreneur. If I had to work a nine to five job, it would be super, super tough for me to give them the amount of energy and time and just to be able to do the things that that just you should normally just be able to do as a, as a, a father and a husband um, if I didn't, if I wasn't an entrepreneur and have, had that time flexibility. Mm. Um, so, uh, I don't know. any, any yeah, I get you. I get you. It's, it's true. It's, um, you know, recapping on what you just said, people have to understand that they cannot use their reasons every time as an excuse. And, and we've all been there and we do it and many times it's being human and you just come across situations where you've, you've got legitimate reasons but those reasons can easily become excuses for not taking any action because you seem to make the reason look so legit that it becomes a, uh, a, 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 um, a stumbling block, if you may, or uh, an Thanks. obstacle for you to take action and, and get the result that you actually would have preferred. So I completely understand that where you're coming from, Rob. So how would you describe what you do in 15 seconds? I can describe it in less than that. I just simply inspire and empower others to have, do, and be more. That's all I do. That's what I do. I, 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 and, and under that umbrella, under that scope, you know, um, the the result, what that looks like is it looks like um, business owners doubling or tripling or even 10xing their businesses. You know, yeah. it looks like um, more money. It looks like more time. It looks like more freedom. Um, it, it looks like um, the lifestyle that 
you really want or that a person would want. That's what I help to help a person to create because, um, you know, I see a lot of coaches and consultants and mentors who, you know, tout, I will help you make more money. And it's just all about the money. And that's cool. I'm not, you know, putting anyone else's business down because, you know, I think that it's very attractive to, you know, put out there, I will help you make more money. Um, but I, I've been doing this for so long. And, and when I, when I started, um, you know, years and years ago, I saw that helping people make the money was the easy part, you know, and I saw many times I would help people make the money and then I would watch their marriages fall apart or I would help them make the money and see them go into depressions or help them make the money and see them completely not satisfied with the, with where the journey took them. So rather than, than just the money focus, I focus on helping a person, you know, inspiring them and empowering them to be more and to, you know, and, and, and be, and be more uh, tapping into their purpose and which is the safest place to be because when they tap into their purpose, now they're building a, a life around their strengths and what they were put on this planet to do. And life and success become effortless. And when and not that it doesn't require any effort of you, but when you're when you're living life um, in alignment with your purpose, it's fun. It feels easy. It's you know for everyone for another person for another person to attempt to do what you were called to do. It would be hard, but for you, it just feels right and and is the best thing that you could be doing. So that's what I you know really focus on with my clients is you know building them up and empowering them in a holistic way in all aspects of their life, not just the financial but the emotional, the spiritual, the mental, um, you know, and the financial, of course. I totally get you. Um, that was more than 15 seconds, by the way, but, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. You know what's funny about that? I hate when I hear people talk about these elevator um, <laughs> these elevator things, man, because to me, you know, they're, 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 it's, it's, it's inauthentic. It's almost, it's almost like my pet peeve with business cards. I totally get you. You know, which, which, you know, it's funny because I feel hypocritical. My 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 wife got me business cards for our anniversary, uh, which you know I, I I love her to death for doing that. But I I mean I when I when I'm you know speaking to someone at an event or something, I meet someone and they ask me for my business card. It's like, why well, give you my business card if I can't just take the moment or two that it takes to take down your information or you know call your cell phone and give you my phone number or whatever the case may be. I just like authenticism, you know. I hope I said that right. I just like, yeah. you know, uh, you like being real. real. I don't want I don't want someone to ask me what I do, yeah. and then on a dime I'm just like regurgitating some script that I created. That's right. You know, I want to. If they ask me what I do, I want to, you know, be able to authentically tell them what I do, yeah. and you know, have a you know, you know, cite whatever is relevant at that moment. Yeah. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Hey, the greatness tribe. This is this is a big learning from this uh, you know conversation right now because when people talk about elevator pitches, they get so caught up in the whole script and how to write it and trying to be perfect about it, saying the right words. 
But that's not important as much as it is to just be authentic, be real, be genuine, and really speak from the heart. You know, bring that compassion out and talk soul to soul. Connect with the person. Engage with the other person. Whether it's a networking event as formal as that, or whether it's as casual as catching up with someone at a party or at a dinner party or at a, at a barbecue, you know, keep it real, keep it simple, and talk from your heart and be really authentic about it. And Again, you know, if you heard, if you go back and play this part where Robert's talking about himself and what he does, you'll notice it's not about him. His his entire conversation, you can feel his authentic intention, is all about the other person. It's all about the other person. So, you know, a long time ago, someone said to me, "It's not about you, Sohan. It's about them." And them is my audience. Them is the person or the people that I have to serve that my greater purpose is calling for. So I appreciate you sharing that with us, Rob. That is really important. Keep it authentic, keep it real. And it doesn't matter if it goes beyond 15 seconds because when you keep it real, people will love what you're talking about and they'll time will fly by and you'll have a great engaging conversation. Okay, switching gears a little bit here, Rob. Tell us how you generate revenue today Absolutely. and cash Absolutely. flow today. Absolutely. Wow, how do I generate revenue and cash flow today? I mean, um, well, several ways, um, you know, Three years ago, wait, I don't even remember if it's three. I, I get the years confused. About three and a half, um, maybe even almost four years ago uh, in October, um, I decided to get serious about online marketing. I had been playing around with it for many years, finding an ebook here, an ebook there, um, trying to do it the free way <laughs> and not making anybody. And it was always just whenever I was having a down moment in whatever my career was at that moment. So let's say I was in the mortgage industry and it went down for a moment. I would uh, jump online for like 30 days and try to, you know, I would buy into all the marketing and, okay, I can I can make this money in 30 days if I just really focus and I would, you know, get the ebook and everything and try to make it happen. And it, it wouldn't happen because I never really was investing in myself. I was always just trying to, you know, get the free ebooks. And um, so about, you know, uh, three and a half, almost four years ago, I got serious about online marketing and I uh, found a mentor who really nurtured me and taught me how to do online marketing. And from that, I was able to generate affiliate income. Uh, so I'm pretty sure most of your listeners know what affiliate income is, but uh, just to recap, affiliate marketing online is, of course, you have a product or a service that's not your own that you market. And when a sale is made, you get a percentage of that. So, um, so one of my streams of income comes from affiliate income from uh, something that I started, you know, three and a half, four years ago. I, you know, put out, um, you know, different uh, promotionals online that are still generating revenue for me today. Uh, so affiliate income is one of my streams of income. Um, another stream of income is, of course, what I'm really passionate about, which is my coaching and mentoring. And that is, um, you know, done right now via one-on-one -on -one coaching and mentoring, um, where I actually help people, you know, become more, you know, you know, inspire them and empower them to, you know, uh, you know, have, do, and be whatever it is they want. And really, you know, without going into too much process, I would say the, the probably the umbrella way that I do that is by helping them crack their own personal success code because we all have a different success code is what I found uh, online especially because um, I, I tried for a while 
that first year that I was involved in affiliate marketing online successfully to teach other people what I had done. And um, I learned very quickly that, you know, it, there there is a formula um, that you can start with, but it's not what you end up with. And I'm sorry if I'm taking just a moment with this, this answer, so I'm going to loop it back around. Mm-hmm. But um, this kind of ties right in with what we were just talking about with the elevator pitch and the reason why I don't like it. Uh, what I found is about 90% of success, 90% of success in any industry, right? When you're learning something new, it starts off with you doing it just cookie cutter the way it's being taught. So like, yeah, you know, I don't put anything against any coach who tries to tell someone, learn an elevator pitch because maybe the elevator pitch is the way that you start out, you know, and it's it's teaching for the masses. It's a, it's a way for that anyone can start out and become comfortable. But what I've learned in all the industries that I've had success with, you have to very quickly transition from that cookie cutter um, template way of, of, of doing things to identifying your own personal way of doing it um, that is effective for you. And um, that's so... That's what I do as a, as, a, as a coach and mentor is I help people identify and crack their own personal code to success and, you know, gain mastery and alignment with their subconscious mind. Because we all have different habits and programming that's specific to us. And so, so how do you do that then? How do you, um, how do you get people to crack the code without going into the depth of the process? Because okay. I know you have a lot of confidential right, right. processes there. but. Just share with us how do you how do you crack the code in less than sixty seconds? Well, well, part of the cracking the code is identifying and getting really clear on what your strengths are. Too often, you know, we do things to satisfy an immediate need. You know, um, like Stephen Covey would say, "What's you know urgent and important?" And when you live in your life in Urgent, urgency and importance, you are, you know, you can kind of become neurotic. I mean, because you're always busy. You're always just focused on what's urgent and what's important. But you're, you, but you have to, at some point, focus on what's important, but not what's not urgent. And that investing in um, um, what your personal strengths are and not just chasing the money. So that's what I hope a person get connected into is what is your personal strengths? What, 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 um, you know, what do you really enjoy doing? What are you really passionate about? And then use a platform. I mean, there's many platforms that allow you to express yourself no matter what is your passion, like maybe a blogging platform or maybe video or for you, Sohan, this podcasting allows you to express yourself mm-hmm. and uh, really really zone in and key in on what your what your strengths are, which is, you know, educating people, teaching people, coaching people, um, helping people become great. Um, you know, so that's that in a nutshell would be how I help a person uh, crack their personal code is tying into what their strengths are and what they what what they are really called and led to do. Cool, cool. I appreciate that. Destination Tribe and Greatness Tribe, you got, you know, there's something to think about right here. Sit back and reflect upon what is it? Ask yourself the question, what is it that you're so good at doing that no one is as good as you? 
you know, what are you so qualified to do that you think no one's as good as you? Like as if you had a PhD in it. And I'm not, I'm not literally meaning a certification or, you know, you having to go to university and get a degree. But I'm saying, think about what you've been doing that is so unique that it's just you and you're so good at doing it that you do it better than anyone else. That's something that you can consider to figure out whether it's something you enjoy. And if it is, maybe that's your life's purpose. Maybe that's something that you're good at. And maybe that's a great way to start and figure out your journey because... You know, Greatness Tribe, I know some of you are hunting and you're still discovering and you're looking for an opportunity or you're looking at an idea and you're thinking whether you can turn that into a great entrepreneurial story for yourself. And these are questions that you need to ask because it comes from a great mentor or a great coach like Rob. Um, Rob, I'm going to go into uh, the next section, which is to talk about the heartache moment. Now, this I know, you know, before we, we got on the interview, in the pre-interview, you were like, man, I, do I really have to? And... And, uh, and I, I understand where you're coming from with that, but hey, I'm going to take you down that road, that rabbit hole, because, you know, Greatness Tribe really wants to hear that story. And let's talk about your heartache moments, your conflicts, you know, take us through your pitfalls and the problems that you face at the start of your entrepreneurial journey. You know, take our Greatness Tribe down that memory lane, Robert, and, and really share with us your, your heartaches at that, at that time. Oh, my goodness, man. Jeez. <laughs> wow. Um... Well, you know, I've, you know, just like anyone, I've had, you know, my share of heartaches and pain, and there, there are things that I try, I do my best not to even reflect on um, too often because I don't want to align myself with them. Uh, however, they do have value. You know, they have a lot of value in terms of um, experiential value, in terms of uh, wisdom value, in terms of. Um, Helping others, I really feel at this stage of my life, um, uh, it, it really helps me a lot in my coaching and mentoring because I can relate to not, not everything, but just about uh, a lot of the stuff, a lot of the hardships and uh, challenges that people face. Because I, even if I haven't faced their exact challenge, I faced maybe a variation of that um, in terms of emotion. Um, so a uh, challenging time when I was starting off um, uh, as, as many of you I'm sure who are listening um, especially if you're over the age of 25 or, or 30 years old know you you have many times in your life where you're starting over and you're reinventing yourself you know so my entrepreneurial journey even though uh, I mean it officially started like I said when I was eight years old um, or unofficially started when I was eight years old and officially began when I was probably 19 um, you know, you have all these starts and, uh, and recreations. So I would take you back, oh, man, um, probably I, I would look at my most recent one, which happened about four years ago. Um, actually, it happened about, uh, um, yeah, let's, say, let's use that one. The four years ago, when I got started online, um, I was at a place where, okay, I, that one... I can share that with you, that but that might not give you enough value. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go deeper for so long. Yeah, that's cool. That's good. Okay. That's, that's what I love. Appreciate, man. Go all the way. Tell greatness tribe. You know, when you start off yeah. your journey, 19. What happened there? Something happened. Didn't happen. How did yeah, it work out for you? That you know that. Well, I'll, I'll tell you about that one. Then I'll tell you about the the deeper one, the most profound one. Uh, 19. No, that that was just you know, you know, um, uh, my my biggest challenge at that point was just attempting to get. 
customers. Like I started a network marketing company. I was trying to get customers and um, uh, business partners and being young and having to go to my my uh, my friend's parents. Actually, I was I think I was 16. I got uh, I, I partnered with my my parents through a company. I don't know if we could say any names, uh, but uh, they were a legal network marketing company. Uh, they're still around today. And uh, and we had some pretty good success with that. But that was just my biggest challenge was who who do I speak to? So I'm sure some of you are dealing with that challenge. But I think Sohan wants me to go a little bit deeper on the personal side. Uh, so I'll take you back to, um, it was seven years ago, um, eight years ago, excuse me, eight years ago, uh, getting started, um, um, being already successful. How about that? Being already successful as an entrepreneur in the mortgage industry, but then having it all taken from me. How about that? Should, should I go there, Sohan, yeah. with that? Yeah. Okay. So uh, we'll go back to 2008. 2008, I'm riding high. Um, I'm making great money, um, six-figure income. And I, and I think that, you know, um, everything is just going my way. And the residential mortgage industry had already been hit. And I really wasn't too concerned about that because even though that was a portion of our business, I had transitioned into commercial, commercial mortgages. And commercial mortgages were not being affected. At that time, I had a pipeline of over $500 million. And that was consisting of mixed-use properties, hotels, resorts, even diamond mines I was financing. And all of these, this whole pipeline of $500 million, I would say a good 90% of it would have closed just six months earlier. But at the time that I had this pipeline was in the, uh, the winter of, of 2007 going into 2008. And around, right about this time, this is, what is this, March 15th? This is so crazy. Right around this time in 2008, uh, March 6, 2008, I uh, had been experiencing some stomach pain for a couple of days, and I went to the hospital, and they told me that I had to have an emergency appendectomy right now, not you know, not next week, <laughs> not a couple of days, right now. Uh, so they took out my appendix. You know, I was scared to death. You know, they they literally told me that. If I didn't have it removed, I was going to die. So I was scared to death, um, went through the surgery, was in the hospital for about a week. And during the course of that time that I was in the hospital, went in the hospital, almost died, but knew I had millions riding. I, I, I think my, my, uh, I had already had several deals closed over the past five months prior to that, but I was having my biggest one closed in about two weeks. Um, and I was going to make about 250000 on that. And uh, while I was in the hospital, you know, I'm watching the news, trying to stay on top of things. And I just literally watched the commercial mortgage industry implode that week. That week was the beginning. We didn't know it was the beginning at that time. But in hindsight, that's when it all really started to happen. Um, I started to, you know, hear from my team, how deals that should have been, should have closed very easily. Um, the banks were providing more stipulations and not closing them. So just to make a long story short, what happened was that year, 
Not one of my deals ended up closing. They all died one by one by one by one. And uh, that was a very hard time to go from being on top of the world, having good money, expecting much more, millions I already, you know, I already gone down to the dealership and, you know, <laughs> got, you know, reserved my Bentley and had my, my NetJet fleet all set up and, you know, uh, you know, just having all of that taken from me. Um, but, but in the midst of that gaining my life, you know, um, it really put things in perspective for me. But what was the, what were you feeling at that time? When that, when that was just taken, at that very moment, what did you feel? At that very moment, man, I felt like, um, man, I felt, I felt, I, I, I think that probably was the worst time of my life. I How mean, old were you then? Um, I think I was, uh, that was eight years ago. So I'm 39 now. So I was about 31 years old. And that was probably the worst time of my life. That, I mean, at that moment, I, uh, uh, you know, uh, it was just really trying to process. I mean, and to make matters worse, you know, I'm in the hospital. Um, I, I'm bedridden. You know, I'm wondering what's going to happen. Am I ever going to be able to walk right again? You know, uh, what are the consequences of this surgery? Because there were complications. They wouldn't release me because uh, um, my appendix had burst and had infected my other organs with the uh, toxins that spilled out of the, the appendix. So it was, it was very serious. And um, Man, to make crazy. matters worse, <laughs> I was on morphine. So when you're on morphine, you know, it's a powerful narcotic for, for, the, uh, for the pain. And the morphine still wasn't helping the pain. But what it was doing was making me hallucinate. And, uh, and uh, you know, I'm a very spiritual person. Uh, I, I, I saw all kinds of things, demons and fallen angels. And it, it was just a very, very scary time for me in terms of what was going to happen after I get out of this hospital. Um, you know, my whole livelihood is, you know, I'm watching my deals crash. Um, I don't know, you know, what's going to happen with my health, you know, at 31 years old now, you know, what's going to happen? Am I going to recover from this? It was just a very, very scary time. And how many kids did you have at the time? At that time, I only had two. And you were still providing for them? Yep, I was still providing for them. I had just, I had actually just gone through a, a messy breakup, um, maybe nine months prior to that. Um, uh, wow, from so you not only had a financial down, but you also had a personal downtime. Oh, yeah. It was just it was just really a terrible moment. Um, but, you know, there was redemption there. And, and you know, what I, what I learned from that, you know, they say what doesn't kill you only serves to make you stronger. Uh, and that was 1,000% true. 1,000% true. I really became a much stronger individual from that. I had to really pick myself up. I, I, I know one of the things that I never forget remembering or feeling at that time was, um, you know, I, I used to be real impatient with people sometimes. And uh, it was a very humbling experience for me. I, I know that sometimes I would even, you know, I'm ashamed to say I would, you know, see someone, uh, you know, be on an elevator and someone would be getting off and they'd be walking slower or hunched over or something. I'm like, you know, why can't they just move a little faster, you know? And here I am coming out of that situation, having to take baby steps like a baby, having to have my, you know, 
my my mother tend to my my wounds, you know, uh, of which is the healing process from that. You know, it was, it was just it was a very very tough time. Even actually, I, this is another thing I left out. I actually had to move back in with my mom at that time because financially, you know, uh, you know, it, it took about it took about uh, shoots maybe forty five days for my reserves just to be wiped out. I mean, I didn't have a lot of reserves. You know, we were making money, we we're spending money, and when it just stopped, it stopped. You know, um, so it was. Yeah, it was, it was, it was, um, it was just, it was just a very humbling time, you know, but the, the redemption of it and God is always in, you know, I'm a very firm believer in God and nothing happens by accident. You know, the redemption of it was on that exact day that I went into the hospital, March 6, 2008, that exact day, one year later, I was reborn and I met my current wife. And, you know, uh, we met on March 6th. We were married within, uh, I guess, uh, 45, just over 45 days later. And uh, we've been together for now seven years. (laughs) We just actually, March 6th, I think that was last week, we just uh, celebrated our seven-year anniversary of meeting. Congratulations, man. Thank you. (laughs) So, Rob, what point did your journey of greatness begin? Because that that year that you had before you met your wife, um, you might have had a light bulb moment while you were trying to seek for those answers. And oh, how, yeah, did, that's, how did it all begin to transform into this greatness? That's, take a couple. That's of minutes pretty awesome that. that you. That's that's great that you asked that question because um, yeah, where it all turned for me was um. I was really, I went into a depression. I was a grown man at 31 years old with two children to take care of. And, uh, you know, um, my, what I had known as my bread and butter for many years, which was the mortgage industry, was gone, you know. And I had to go from, you know, being, you know, vice president of a, of a national mortgage company to, like, now having nothing, you know, and having to get a a nine to five job. And what I ended up doing was going into collections because it, it was, um, even though I have a college degree and everything and I could have, you know, um, gotten work doing something better. I needed something right away. Um, you know, a couple, you know, two or three months after my surgery, and they were hiring right on the spot. <laughs> so I took it and got into collections and um, struggled, struggled for a bit. But right around uh, August, which is my birthday, I was like, <laughs> it was a wake up call. I'm like, you know, I'm 31 years old. I've accomplished so much in my life. You know, I've made so much money. I've helped so many people. But here I am, you know, depressed you know, working in collections, not really making any money. And, you know, um, just, you know, something has got to change. And it was just, it was on my birthday that I just decided that something is going to change. And at that, um, <clears throat> that moment, I spoke to a gentleman who, who told me that he, he looked at me and he knew my history and he knew 
the amount of success that I had had and what I had done. And he said, you know, I know you feel really bad right now, but I've seen many people in your situation. And he was old, much older than me, at least 20, 30 years older than me. And he said, I've seen many people in your exact situation. And I got to tell you that you're going to be okay. And it was just him telling me that I was going to be okay um, that changed everything. I know that that sounds may sound silly, but it was just having someone, you know, um, that wasn't my mother or my father. You know, he was outside of our family, but a friend, you know, that was just saying, you know, you're really going to be okay. And he went further. He said, as a matter of fact, I think that, you know, very soon, you know, you're going to, uh, you know, be back in the game and, and succeeding. And that was all it took. It, it was so powerful. I mean, literally that week, everything changed. I mean, literally, I got, I got a new place. Um, within two weeks, I, I got a new car, got a Lexus. Uh, within uh, 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 um, that month, I tried to leave my collections job, but um, they, I guess over that three-week period, I had turned things around on the job, and they did not want me to leave. <clears throat> and they said, what would it take for you to stay? And I said, well, I need to leave to be closer to my children. And I'm changing everything in my life. And they made an exception for me that they had never made before. I mean, this is a collections company that had four or five offices nationally, uh, I think over 250 employees. And, you know, she said, the branch manager just said, you know, we're going to set you up from home, let you work from home. And... Uh, I said, okay. Um, and they said, what else? I said, well, you know, I'm not really making a lot of money here. They said, okay, we'll give you a raise. I said, okay. <laughs> and they say, and, and we'll raise your commission. <clears throat> um, so all, all of those things were nothing but God. And um, when that happened, shortly thereafter, within... Um, Probably 90 days, I went from making, I don't know, like 1500 a month there or something like that to making five figures a month there. Wow. So, you know, there's, there's a big, there's a big, again, big story here, Greatness Tribe. So, you know, someone telling you, giving you a bit of courage and telling you it's going to be okay and you're going to be okay can have a, a profound impact on you because you just have to listen to those words and believe in those words. And many of you, Greatness Tribe, are also looking for that, for that someone, or you've heard that some, with someone telling you that you're going to be okay and it's going to be better than what you are right now and who you, who you are right now. You just need to believe that, bite that bullet, and then trust in the divine or the universe or God or whoever you believe in and the greater spirit. It's important for you to trust it because it comes... It comes to you as an attraction in different ways than not what you would have expected. And so if you had to travel back, Rob, if you had to do a time travel back to day one uh, when you had this, when you started off, 
in your, your entrepreneurial journey. And if you had a minute with your former self, just to communicate any lessons that you've acquired, you know, with the whole intention of saving yourself from these pitfalls and these mistakes and this heartache, what would you tell yourself in one minute? I would tell myself the, the, I would tell myself probably the greatest lesson that I've learned, which is, um, don't chase the money, you know, don't chase the money, uh, chasing the money pushes the money away. Number one, number two is not the money that's going to satisfy you or bring you happiness. Um, it's not the money. It's and, and, and you don't even really want the money. You just want what the money can do for you, you know, and how it can make you feel and the things that you can accomplish and the things that you can possess with it. Um, but if I would have if I would have and it's not that I wasn't told that, you know, it, it's not that I wasn't told that by other people. But I think that if I went back <laughs> and I could see myself from the future telling me <laughs> You know, Robert, listen, it's not about the money. Focus on what you love to do. Focus on what you would do for free. Whatever it is that, whatever that thing that you would do for free, that you could do 24 hours a day and not get tired of it. That thing that you would, you know, I mean, you know, I, I looked at it and I said, you know, what, what, what would I like to do for free? you know, that I don't get tired of. I never get tired of playing with my kids, never get tired of teaching. I never get tired of talking to people. I never get tired of inspiring people or motivating people, never get tired of helping people to break through and have those aha moments and crack their personal codes and, and you know, see success where there was none existing before. I never get tired of helping people overcome their fears. I never, I never get tired of that. I mean, you know, I even tested myself, you know, uh, with regards to this coaching, even though it's something that I have been doing for many years, um, you know, in network marketing, um, I actually took on one-on-one clients for, uh, I think it was nine or 10 months and with, for free, you know, and just to, really test myself, was this really, you know, is this really my call? Is this something that I would do for free, even if no one paid me, you know? And, uh, and it was, and it is. Mm, that's a big lesson there, there. So greatness tribe, think about what you can do for free for other people that will help you enjoy what you're doing. And you could go on and on without having to look at time and not have track of time because you enjoy it so much. That's something that you could consider doing uh, if you had a charge for but that's where your purpose truly could lie because then it's not about the money that you, you need to make. It's about, it's about your purpose, finding your purpose and then finding a way to monetize it in order to, because money is important, but it's not, it's not something that you have to chase. It's something that you need to find a way to channel it so you can look after yourself and enjoy the choices that it brings. So let's talk about your, your, your first sale, your very first sale. How did you make it uh, and how did you gain credibility? I, you know, I'm, it's hard to remember um, because um, I think that I did it probably three or four times in elementary school, right? So they kind of blur together. But I do, I do remember um, 
a couple of key uh, a couple of key times. I do remember like when I was in Boy Scouts, right? We had these toothbrushes that uh, were called travel buddies. <laughs> they were travel buddies. I think they were like five or ten bucks. And it was a toothbrush with a with a case that you could you know travel with your toothbrush. <laughs> That's right. I mean, today it's kind it's kind of nasty. <laughs> I never really liked them because you know you have a wet toothbrush, you're putting it into this confined space and traveling with it, and it can get, you know whatever. But anyway, we were selling these things for I think five or ten bucks. I was like, you know, nine or ten years old. Probably I, at that time I was probably in fourth or fifth grade, and. Uh, I remember I sold so many of them because what I did was I always connected my purpose to why they needed to buy. So I would probably say 95% of the people that I sold those to really had no genuine need for a travel buddy, but they just wanted to help me out. And when I told them that, you know, this is helping us. We're raising money to go to camp. And, you know, I've never been to camp before. I'm really looking forward to going to my first summer camp. This would mean so much to me if you just helped me out and just and just purchase this. And, I mean, I think I had like 100% closing, you know. Um, wow. So that, that, was, that was a great feeling, but... Um, now, actually, I'm talking about it when I actually think back to when I was eight years old and I was going door to door. I think I never, yeah, I never lost that exhilaration that came from realizing, like, I, you're really taking me back. I don't think I've even thought about this since then. But I can I can actually remember making my first sale and and with with the, with those catalogs. And feeling like after I walked out of there, I can't believe I just got an order. I can't believe that just really happened, you know, that I just sat down and spoke to a stranger that I never knew, never spoke to before and was able to get get her to purchase. I believe it was like like a tin of cookies or something, you know, a tin of candy or cookies. Mm, Okay. And that and that was just very, very exciting. Um, and the way I did that, that was my, I think my MO for a long time was leaning on um, my purpose and why I was selling it. Not so much just how good this, this, this tin of cookies is, <laughs> you know, but leaning on uh, them helping me out. So mm, makes sense. I know that might not be relevant for a lot, a lot of people. Well, there is a story uh, but, there because... You know, a lot of times people have – well, any business you do has to have a sales transaction. That's what that's why it's called business. But a lot of times people can't connect with the product or their service that they're offering. And the reason they can't connect is because they're not clear on their purpose There's, as in why they're doing it. The question why is very important, Greatness Tribe. Understand why you're doing what you're doing. Why does your customer have to buy your product or why does the customer need to find – something beneficial about the product and I guess once people understand that they'll be in a better position to to serve their customer at the at the point of sale yeah. you know and that's what yeah, you got that's just what say you one got. more thing on, I could just say one more thing in that regard I mean as I think about it I mean really it served me all the way up to now um, you know because I'm sure many of your listeners have heard you know people 
are not really buying the product, they're buying you. Because all things being equal, I mean, you know, if you're selling the product, nine times out of 10, you believe in it and it's a good product. So that really goes without saying, you know, it's a good product and you want to convey the features of the product and all of that. Mm -hmm. But the people are really not buying the product, they're buying you because they can get nine times out of 10, they can get that same product from anywhere or from somewhere or from any other person, even in your company selling that product. But why are they going to get that product or that service from you? And at the end of the day, the only uh, variable that's different is is you. So um, the way you sell yourself, <laughs> for lack of a better word, is through connecting with um, the person that I would be marketing to or speaking to, making sure that in all my marketing and in all my promotions and in all my quote-unquote sales, I am focusing on an emotional connection and what, you know, that it, what I can do for that person. And, and, and if that person can really truly understand that I am looking out for them and can also see a part of themselves within me um, and, and not see me as somebody that's so far removed from them, um, that's, that's been what's, what's garnered me all my success, I would say. Yep, sure. Okay, so and, and I'm going to get you to touch upon that and go into a little more detail about because what it reflects is the type of mindset you need to have and the kind of habits you need to bring if you want to achieve Destination for Greatness. Uh, but before we go there, take a couple of minutes, Rob, and share with Greatness Tribe three things. How did you gain credibility till date? Uh, how did you go about creating key partnerships that would have helped you to get to your level of greatness? And number three, how did you go about getting funding if you needed it? Because obviously you were you were bootstrapping your way and you were starting from scratch again when you were you know cash poor. What strategies did you use to execute your plans, which you know you, with with maybe little cash flow that you would have had? So just those three things, and then we can talk about mindset. Um, coming up with funding was was not easy for me because um, I feel like I kind of you know didn't. I shouldn't say this for lack of a boat. I did not take advantage <laughs> like a lot of my friends did of credit card debt, right? Mm -hmm. A lot of my friends, when they were younger in their 20s, they went into credit card debt. I didn't take advantage of that. I And then getting into the mortgage industry, credit became really important to me. I didn't want to tarnish my credit. I didn't get any credit cards. So I never really got into credit card debt. I had a little student loan debt but not credit card debt. So it was never about getting a loan um, to finance myself. Um, I, I would literally just have to go generate the funds. So if I had to, um, you know, I, I think for most of my adult life, whenever I needed to do something, it was, you know, I had the skill of, uh, of mortgage finance because my father um, built a a strong mortgage and title company over 30 years. So whenever I needed funds, I could just, you know, go finance a deal and uh, create, create, you know, a few thousand dollars, whatever the case may be, and, and then put it into uh, uh, whatever I was trying to get up off the ground. Um, I was fortunate enough to have people around me uh, who 
if I if I ever wanted to finance a business, I could share with them the business model and uh, maybe have them as a silent partner. I've done that before, um, where they would just fund it and I give them the money back plus some. Um, so those are just you know a couple of ways that I've been able to fund my business um, mm-hmm. uh, endeavors. And so when and, you were doing that, did you find find it difficult to gain credibility? Like, what was your strategy around getting credibility? I mean, did you tie that with partnerships, or how did you go about doing these two things? Well, for me, fortunately, I, I've always you know I, I I'm like a legacy with in my family and in my city and in my community. I t- took on my father's name. Um, as well. So I was just very well known in the community and my family. Um, and because of him, he was known as the person who had the Midas touch. Anything he touched turned to gold in business. Uh, he built a multi-million dollar um, mortgage company and title company, like I said, over 30 years. And because of that, I was I, I had access to a lot of things, you know, a lot of opportunities that other people didn't. So starting at 16, you know, like I said, I partnered with my my parents in a network marketing business. So I've always just had a reputation for being an entrepreneur that whatever I touch turns to gold as well. So my credibility was always there. Like anyone who knows me knows that when I get passionate about a business or whenever I go into something um, business related, I'm going to make money. I'm going to do well. So I had credibility from that standpoint. Um, mm-hmm. and uh, so I never, it, it, I, I really, that hasn't been a challenge for me, the credibility um, side of things. And is that how you developed your partnerships as well? Like when you tied, you, did you have a mastermind group or how did, how did you create, how did you go about creating key partnerships? Was it writing on the, the same sort of credibility or did you ever have op- uh, situations where you would need to be introducing yourself from scratch where someone didn't know you, but you build a... Uh, a strategy or strategic partnerships there? Yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, God has really blessed me, man. I, I just have to say, I, um, I, I, I hate to say it like that, but they're really, um, I've just been extremely, extremely blessed um, from the standpoint of, you know, I, I give a lot of credit to God. I give a lot of credit to my parents and the way that, ra- that they raised me. And the the type of person that I am um you know, I'm just a very authentic type of person, sometimes too much, I think. Um, you know, in business, you sometimes have to be shrewd and you, you shouldn't put all your cards on the table. But um, as you guys can see from this interview, I'm not, <laughs> I put them all out there. I mean, I'm like you, uh, like glass, you know, what you see is what you get. Um, I, wear, I wear my emotions on my face. That's why I'd be a terrible poker player. I mean, I'm just very transparent, and I think that that engenders a lot of trust with people. And and they, you know, I've had many people tell me that they just haven't met someone like me before. I, I'm just, I don't mean that in any arrogant way, but I mean it from the standpoint of I think that I maintain. I my father. I'll start with him because my father passed away a few years ago, and he is like my hero. He is like. Um, he, in my opinion, was like an angel on earth. Um, he just really, um, I mean, to, to just, to, to just tell you the type of man my father was on a, on a side note, I can never remember my father yelling at me my whole life, my whole life. 
except for when I was maybe two years old, I remember him holding me up and saying, stop crying. <laughs> that was it. Okay, that's the type of man that he was. Compassionate man, yeah. And, yeah. And so, so you know, the type, the type of, you know, man that he showed me I could be, he showed me that you could be that type of person and still be very successful in business because the media and a lot of my mentors and um, just a lot of, uh, of uh, I guess, propaganda out there would have you believe that in business you have to be cutthroat or, you know, uh, have this certain type of attitude or this certain type of protective demeanor to succeed. And he showed me that wasn't true. He showed me that you could be um, uh, a literally uh, a kind, a very kind person and, uh, and still succeed in business. So I think that to, that's a long answer to your question, but um, I think that that's what shines through the most when I meet people and um, what makes them want to work with me. And when I, when I uh, ask to partner with them or do something with them, uh, it's, not a, it's not a problem because of that. So you'd say that would be your distinguishing factor amongst your yes, competition? That, yes, that would be my distinguishing factor. It's just my authenticity and... Uh, I would just say, you know, people are always watching you, even when you think they're not watching you, you know, and they're watching you. <laughs> they're watching you in your, in your, in your moments and uh, they're catching your character. And um, I, I mean, I think that for me has just been um, my strength is just being transparent um, all the time. So summarize what type of mindset and habits brought you to your destination of greatness today. The number one habit is prayer and keeping God first, keeping God first in my life and what he, uh, what he has for me in my life. And uh, number two would be identifying on a daily basis, being really crystal clear on a daily basis, um, you know, the 80-20 rule. And being clear, uh, for those of you who are not familiar, I'm assuming most of you are, Pareto's Law is, you know, out of all the things that you do in a given day, 80% of the things that you do will not have any effect on your ultimate results, but it's 20% that will have effect on your, on your results. So I try to stay very clear and present on the 10 to 20% that's going to really have the most effect on my results because I'll be the first to say that I feel that I mess up a lot. I do a lot of, I do a lot of stuff pertaining to business and life. That's not, uh, that's in that 80%, <laughs> you know, it's the 80%. And, uh, but as long as I can make sure, and as long as you can make sure that you hit that 10 to 20% on a consistent habitual basis, you know, a regular basis, I mean, it can negate all the mistakes that you make. That's right. But if you're not hitting that 10 to 20%, then those mistakes are, are going to um, 
you know, cost you. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, when you talk about, Robert, when you talk about the 80% and the distractions, it reminds me of the, the, the saying of weapons of mass distractions. You know, all we entrepreneurs suffer from that. Greatness Tribe, you'd know that too. You know, you jump online and you want to do some work and all of a sudden you get distracted with your phone because either someone rings you or you jump on Facebook because you got a message and you just, from one message, it goes on to something else. And those, those things are weapons of mass destruction, as they say. And if not, something to do with your daily action it may be an idea that comes your way on a particular day and that just, that just I, that kind of completely takes you off track because now right. you're focused on that idea as a as a mo- as the most attractive idea of business that you were doing earlier so it's it's so important to be able to focus and get clear on that 20% understanding that that 20% has an 80% impact it has the majority of an effect on what you're, what you're about to produce as an outcome for you as a business owner, as an entrepreneur, or just as a family man or woman. You know, it's really, really important to get that. Uh, do you, did you want to add any any more habits to what you have? Yeah, yeah. Oh, sorry. The, the, third, the third one I would say is keeping the main thing the main thing. You know, keeping what is your ultimate goal um, or your most important thing that you're working on in front of you. You know, if you have, if you have, um, you know, like, you know, with my, my students and clients, you know, we focus on three things for the year that they want to accomplish. And, you know, by keeping those three things in front of you and making sure that, you know, everything that you're doing is synergistic with those and they can change. I mean, sometimes they do change throughout the course of the year. But just keeping the main thing, the main thing, keeping if it's the main thing and it's what you're going after, keeping it in front of you um, uh, so that you can make sure that uh, your your actions and your behaviors are in alignment with where you're going. Because it's real easy to be distracted. Like if, if, if you're wanting to go to California... Okay, and you just say, okay, I'm going to go to California, and you start moving in that direction, and then you just throw away the fact that you're going to California. You like throw it away, like like you forget about it. You put it on a list somewhere, and you just throw it away, and expect your subconscious to get you there. It doesn't work like that. Your subconscious is very powerful, but you have to also keep the main thing the main thing and keep it in front of you. You keep California in front of you, there's no doubt. It's inevitable that you will make it to California (laughs) if you keep it in front of you. Makes sense. Makes sense. Thanks for that, mate. That's really good. Um, The reason I say that is because this is a great reminder for most entrepreneurs to have to be focused on what they have as what their main priorities are and to not let go of them because as long as they're in front of you, greatness tribe you're going to stay focused and it's going to remind you all the time that you need to get that priority sorted so keeping the main thing the main thing is a great saying thanks for that rob okay we're going to switch gears now we're we're almost there at the end of our our interview i'm going to ask you a few questions around the great dilemma that's what i like to call this round the great dilemma because and i say <laughs> dilemmas because you know a lot of entrepreneurs aspiring entrepreneurs 
keep wondering whether they should do this or not, and it's to do with coaching and mentoring. So we're going to talk a little bit about coaching and mentoring and the impact that it has, and then we're going to go into okay. the segment of the last segment of this of this episode, which is the golden nuggets of greatness round, where I'll ask you a few rapid fire questions, and it's it's a bit of a fun round, so we'll get some insights from you, and then we'll wow, wrap okay. up wrap up the the show, but. Let's talk about the impact. What's the impact of a great mentor or a great coach, especially when you're starting out on your entrepreneurial journey? Well, the impact of a great mentor or a great coach is a shortened learning curve and a shortened destination to greatness. You know, I mean, a mentor, right? A mentor or a coach can basically just help you uh, avoid and get over and um, sidetrack those obstacles that you're facing. Nice. How do you? How do? The, how does Greatness Tribe? If they're looking for a mentor or a coach, what do you think they should do to measure the the success metrics of a of a coach or a mentor? Um, well, I think that you should look at a coaches not only what they've what they've been able to accomplish with other people and what they've been able to accomplish themselves but you should also make sure that they're the right fit for you because sometimes a person can have you know may have uh, accomplished a great deal and helped a lot of people but they're just not the right fit for you you don't resonate with them uh so that's very very important I would say I, I don't think anyone um, selects a coach without, or I would recommend that you don't select a coach without at least going, if you're going to do one-on-one, going through a uh, consult, consultation session with, with that uh, coach to make sure that you resonate with them and that um, there's a, a personality match there. I think that's the most important. But prior to that, all you can go off of is you know what they've been able to accomplish and um, and and who how they've been able to uh, help others. That's a good point because, well, greatness tribe. When you see a lot of coaches or mentors, they they advertise, uh, you know, give them a call for a free consultation, or a free hour of consultation. It's a perfect opportunity opportunity for you to grab it, give them a call, set up a time. And remember, the consultation is not about you having to go in there all the time and share with them what your concerns are and getting some free advice or free guidance from them. But instead, it's really an opportunity for you to sit down with them, like Robert said, understand whether they're the right fit, but understand that by also interviewing them. You know, It's an opportunity for you to ask them questions and interview them so that you know for sure that this is the person who's going to hold your feet to your fire and is going to help you take you from point A to B because it's your life, it's your destiny, it's your dream, and it's so important for you to protect it by just finding out that fit by interviewing them in, during that consultation session. So, Rob, who should they talk to or who would you recommend they talk to when they start searching for their mentor or coach? That's a great question. Um, one, of the, one of the ways that is, is really funny because I build my whole, my whole coaching practice right now not, not with the website and not even really using any of the skills that I have developed in online marketing. Um, it was really word of mouth and just one-on-one contact. And some of my best clients and students have come from referrals. So I would definitely search the internet for a coach, 
But if you know any, if you know anyone who has utilized a coach or a mentor before, I would say that is probably the best way to identify a good coach or mentor is by referral. And if you are not able to get a referral, then the next best way I would say is to utilize your network um, in social media, you know, uh, Facebook and LinkedIn. Um, look at people who might be connected to you or who are maybe one or two levels removed from you. And uh, that way you can, because, you know, the, the, the truth is, you know, in online marketing, it's just that it's online marketing. So there's a lot of people who can portray themselves a certain way on a website and not the, is the, the proof is in the pudding, right? It's, it's in you actually meeting that person and seeing, making sure that you resonate with them, as I said before, and that they can really help you. And I think everyone kind of knows when they meet, <clears throat> excuse me, the coach or mentor that they're going to go with that if, if he or she is the one that can really help them. Yeah, that's a good point. You know, you spoke about social media. Uh, one of the one of the good fun ways of doing it as well is to be able to look into different groups that are of your interest, which you suggested, but also look at the group leaders. You know, find out who the group leader is or the one who's created the group and get in touch with them and ask them because sometimes they have their own coaching practices or sometimes they just know the right people because there's a reason why these group leaders are group leaders. You know, they, they lead people and they facilitate people in a group and engage people and create a community. So there's a good chance, a pretty good chance, Greatness Tribe, that you'll find that they have some good recommendations and you'll tap into their circle of influence as well. So really good good advice from you as well, Rob. Thank you. Um, Another great way is just listening to your show, <laughs> just listening to your <laughs> podcast. You know, you, you um, are featuring some incredible people. And, uh, you know, if, you know, you resonate with one of Sohan's guests, you know, hey, that could be your next mentor or coach. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm going to switch gears now and we're reaching towards the end. It's the golden nuggets of greatness round. I find this the fun round. It's going to be the first one, so we're going to have a fun with it. Okay, it's rapid fire. It's really quick, Rob. And okay. let's see if you can think of your feet, which you do. <laughs> so, you ready? All right. Okay, number one, define greatness in one sentence. Okay, I would say that greatness is full potential realized. That's what I would say. Yep, that counts. All right, number two, an idea that changed your life. Affiliate marketing. <laughs> Good stuff. Number three, an exciting startup that you would bet on, apart from your own. Anything to do with solar energy. Cool. Hey, number four, one thing that you have that your contemporaries don't. Me. <laughs> Just me. Uh, anything I can think of to say, I, I don't want to assume that they don't have it, you know. Um, but I, I say that the one thing that I have that my contemporaries don't is that I'm Robert Brown and I help people break through. <laughs> I, love I love that answer. Number five, name two entrepreneurs that you were to host a dinner for that you would invite. Elon, Elon Musk and uh, Anthony Robbins. Cool. Number six, if your entrepreneurial story was turned into a movie... What would be the movie title, and which actor would you choose to play your your role? Wow, this is something I never have thought about. Jeez, uh, <laughs> um, the title would be the journey, and 
I would probably have Idris Elba play, play me. <laughs> Interesting choice. Okay. So number seven, recommend one book that you personally feel that Greatness Tribe should get their hands on and they should read. One of the books that really resonated with me a lot is The New Cycle Cybernetics, I would say, is a great book for anyone to get into and understand how your subconscious works a little bit better. And how if you can bring, uh, you know, if you can get your, if you can tap into that, success can become pretty effortless for you. Cool. If there's an audio book on that, uh, Greatness Tribe, jump on audible.com, download the app and search for the book because I believe that you can you can enjoy listening to the book as well and turn your car into an automobile university. So try and check out um, audible.com. And last question, Rob, for you. What small business tool or resource that, that you currently use, like Google Docs or Evernote, that you can make a recommendation to our listeners to do better business? That's a tough one. Uh, Google, Google Drive is what I use a lot. Um, yeah, Google Drive Notes. Google Drive and Notes is pretty good, I'll be honest with you. I mean, personally speaking, I've used them a lot. And Greatness Tribe, if you want to use Google Drive, if you haven't started using it, you'll, you'll, you'll want to get your hands on Google Drive straight away. It's, you, most of you would have a Gmail account, and if you don't, create one to start using Google Drive because it makes your life so much easier, especially when you're looking at it for business. Cool. That was good. And that was the end of the Golden Nuggets round. Um, Robert, I'm going to ask you this last question. It's a litmus test question. And then we're going to wrap up with finding out how to find you online. So, Robert, do you ever know when you are ready to be an entrepreneur? I would say that entrepreneurship is something that's becoming more and more necessary um, in our society because working a job is just not where... Uh, the new the sh- the new generations are not going to work a job nine to five for twenty to forty years. It's not going to happen. Uh, so entrepreneurship has become a necessity. So I think that you don't really have to be. I think as ready as you are to work for someone, um, if you decide that you don't want to do that anymore, then you're ready to become an entrepreneur. It's really that simple. If you are just ready to. Uh, if you decide you do not want to work for anyone anymore, or you want to kind of take your destiny into your own hands, uh, then it's time for you to become an entrepreneur. Awesome. Cool. Thanks for that, Rob. So how can uh, Greatness Tribe find you online? Well, it's, it's funny. Like I said before, um, I've pretty much built my, my coaching and mentorship practice with, without uh without even having to use a website. I do have a website. I have a blogging website called retirewithrb.com. But yeah, I found that just in building my coaching practice via word of mouth has been sufficient. But uh, it, I, I am putting together some things on the web uh, uh, for that as well. That's cool. So Greatness Tribe, if you want to find Robert online, you can go to www.retirewithrb.com or you can find him on Facebook and connect with him on Facebook and uh, feel free to use the word greatness so he knows there's a connection that you've listened to this show and this particular podcast. Uh, But you can find Robert on facebook.com forward slash retirewithrb.
get in touch with Robert. Understand what he does. He's a great coach. I highly recommend you get in touch with Robert if you want some serious coaching and mentoring for your business on your entrepreneurial journey. You know, they say when you hang around successful people, you automatically get a bit of success rubbed all over you, which takes you on the path of your success on your journey. And that's exactly what you've got today. You've hung out with Robert Brown and Sohan Gokhan. So I appreciate each one of you, Greatness Tribe. I hope you enjoyed this particular interview. Uh, listen to it again. Take some serious notes. And together, I want to appreciate Robert Brown. Thank you so much for taking the time and hanging out with us and sharing your wisdom. That is just powerful. Thank you so much, Robert. Oh, man, you're, you're quite welcome. Man. You, you brought a lot out of me. And I, I appreciate, um, you know, having this opportunity to speak with you, man, and speak with your listeners. And um, I got to say, Sohan, I see nothing but the greatest future for you with this podcast. Um, I'm just so happy to be your first interview on this podcast. And I know that you are going to just light it up. I mean, uh, I mean, you are definitely going to be up there with the greats, you know, the John Lee Dumases and, you know, the Justin Varengias. I mean, I definitely see that happening for you over the course of this year. So you just keep up this great work, man. Keep on serving people. Keep on giving of yourself, man. You are just I can't say enough great things about you, Sohan, and, and um, the future that I see for you. Uh, utilizing this platform. Thanks a lot, man. Thanks a lot. Greatness Tribe, you can find all the, sh the, all the good stuff and the killer resources and the, and the conversation we had on the show notes page. At, just jump on destinationforgreatness.com and, and search for Robert Brown and you'll see the, see the show notes page and you'll be able to get all the notes you need to from this whole great interview. Rob, thank you so much, man. I'll see you later. Thank you. Thanks, bud. All right. Bye-bye.